It's great to be able to look back and see some of the ways that we have impacted people uh, for since the very beginning, seven years ago. But I'm also here to tell you that God has more in store, uh, that, that he is continuing to be faithful and good, and he calls us to be a part of that. He calls you to be a part of that. And we're looking forward to that. Um, really quickly, what I'd like to do is, uh, if you're on the lead team, if you come on up, and then uh, Chris, if you come on up, and uh, our shepherds, if you guys would all come on up as well. Um, we um, really quickly, as they, as they gather up here, I want you all to know how grateful I am for this group of people. Uh, they, they have been faithful in praying for me, my family, uh, reaching out, encouraging us, helping us, uh, challenging us, encouraging all, all along the way. We're so grateful to be able to do ministry alongside of them. Uh, we, we, um, we could not do all the things that we do through Wellhouse without uh, their leadership, their prayer, uh, their diligence, and all of that. Uh, as we look forward to the future, we have exciting things um, in store, and we wanted to let you guys know that uh, we're adding some folks to the lead team. Chris uh, Adams has uh, agreed to be a part of that, and we're excited about that. Uh, in addition, yeah, that's exactly right. We, we are really excited about that. Ashley Bright, who's not here today, um, uh, she is also going to be a part of the lead team as well, and we're grateful for that. And then... All right, Gary, you can't hide, bro. Come on up, man. And Melissa, why don't you join join him as well? Come on up for just a moment. Um, we uh, we are very thankful for the leadership that um, that Gary O'Brien has given over the last seven years to Wellhouse as a part of the lead team. Um, you don't know the struggles that happen sometimes because some people carry it so well. Uh, but Gary has served on the lead team for uh, the past seven years, and, um, and it's time for him uh, to get a rest, a sabbatical. And I told him, uh, you can have a rest, but don't go far, uh, <laughs> because uh, we're going to put you back in. Um, but uh, we are so thankful for you and Melissa and all that you do. And so we have asked the shepherds um, to pray uh, as we transition some new people on. Uh, but that we are so thankful for the O'Briens and all that both of you have done. We've given you uh, just a small token of our appreciation, uh, but we want you both to know the impact. When we watch these videos, that's because of your faithfulness and your leadership here, and we're all so thankful for that. We're thankful for our elders, and we're going to ask them to, uh, to pray over our, our uh, lead team uh, and, and the O'Briens as well. Can you hear me now? There we are. Perfect. Steve referred to us as elders. I'd really rather... Prefer the word shepherds? There you go. <laughs> uh, dear Lord, thank you. Thank you for your love for us. 
we know that this world is yours. You created it, and uh, you sustain it. You're responsible for every breath and every day of life. Uh, you give us everything we have, and this is your creation, and we honor you in that. Um, we're grateful for your love and your mercy and your forgiveness. We're grateful that you sought us out and made us your children, that you brought us together as this congregation of believers. Uh, this church is your creation, and we offer it up to you as a sacrifice and we're grateful for the faithful service of Gary and Melissa. We're grateful for the people who lead our worship every week, who teach us. We're grateful for the lead team who is engaged in many thankless tasks. We're grateful to be partners. We're partners together on a journey, and we're seeking a home with you, but we realize that we have many miles to go, and we ask for your leading. We, uh, we don't belong to ourselves. We belong to you. Help us to recognize that every day. We are your children. Sometimes we make mistakes. We're broken and imperfect, but we remain faithful, and we're grateful that you live in us. We're grateful for your presence every moment. So, Wellhouse and the people who make it happen are our sacrifice to you. We pray in the holy name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And we want to let you know that uh, the O'Briens are not going anywhere. Uh, Gary's just having a break, and Melissa's going to continue to uh, to be helping out in, in the roles that she, she does, and we're super thankful for them and the way in which they serve. So make sure to take some time and, and thank them. And also, uh, you see our, um, our shepherds and our lead team up here. Um, encourage them along the way. I know that can be a, a difficult uh, job. We, uh, we are in a series. We're going to be wrapping it up next week. Next week's going to be an exciting week for us uh, as we have our birthday celebration. We want to encourage you to invite somebody. Uh, I think I was told by Brad today that we have like 100, 105, 110 chairs. We'd love to, to fill it up. All right, that would be fun. So invite somebody out. Uh, should be a, a great time. I'm going to eat afterwards, skate. I will not skate because I value my body. Um, but uh, you're welcome to skate, and uh, it, it will be a great time. Well, really what we're looking at in this series, what we've been talking about is how do you go from here to there? And my guess is that you have something in mind for yourself, uh, maybe it is uh, personal, maybe it's like, you know, a health goal, you know, you want to lose weight, you want to get in shape, whatever it is, and you're trying to figure out, all right, how do I get from here to there? Or maybe it's relationally, right? Uh, you're you're kind of, maybe it's you're talking to somebody, you're trying to figure out, all right, how do we take our relationship to the next level, whatever that looks, how do we go from here to there? Or maybe it's financially, Right, maybe you're looking at finances and to say, "All right, listen, I know right now I'm kind of living paycheck to paycheck, and I don't like that feeling. How do I go from here to there?" 
we're really kind of focusing in on Wellhouse through this series. And what we said for the very first week is we have looked at kind of the DNA of Wellhouse and we've said what we, what we love is the way we serve and, and we value that, but we know that we can do this closer together as a family. We want to go from, from here to there. We want to go from here to this idea of family that, that we're a tight-knit group of people who really desire others. We want to take others along with us on this ride of being more like Christ. And so we told you we, we are creating a place for good. That's kind of the slogan that we've been walking through. And as we look at this concept of what it means to be family, the yeah, the second week along, we talked about this idea of uh, in, in a family, everybody belongs. We have this deep need to belong somewhere in life. It's this idea of, of the, the show Cheers, right? Where you walk in and everybody knows your name and they're always glad you came. And that's what we desire to be at Wellhouse. That we're a place where everybody is not just welcomed, but they're wanted, they're desired. No matter the past or the baggage, no matter what they're struggling with, they're not just welcomed, they're wanted. But belonging means more than just wanting somebody. It's also this idea of ownership. That if you belong somewhere, you invest in that place. And for some people, the idea of belonging, they've never felt an, a real sense of belonging because they, they never really took that initial step to kind of say, all right, listen, I, I'm not just kind of showing up. I'm not just, I'm just watching from the perimeter. Like I'm, I'm jumping in with both feet. I'm all in. And so maybe as you kind of wrestle through those things, maybe it's the idea of, does anybody want me here? And what I want to tell you is absolutely and maybe where you're at right now is, are you willing to invest? Are you willing to go all in? Last week, even though we were at home, we, we walked through this idea of the next part of family. There's, there's a sense of belonging, but there's also a sense of blessing. That is a part of a family that our relationship with one another looks like we're blessing each other. Right? I don't just do my laundry at my house and let all of the rest of my family do their laundry and I clean up my mess and they have to clean up their mess and you right I drive myself places and they have to figure it out on their own. That's not what that although that would be funny for a day, right? I'm mean, funny for me, not for them. The idea of a family is set up so that we bless one another. Right, that the good, healthy families, and listen, I know some of us didn't grow up in good, healthy families, but good, healthy families look to bless one another. They're always looking out. The Bible says, this, look out for the, not only for your own interest, but for the interest of others. That you're looking out for ways that you can bless somebody else. And here's the thing about blessing. We all know the right things to do. It's not that we have to learn something new, like, all right, how do I bless somebody else? You already know it. The thing is, is that application makes all the difference. That when you choose to actually put into place the things you know, that's where, that's where your faith takes root. Today, we're going to talk about the idea of becoming. It's an idea in a family that we go from baby to child to teen to adult. 
And I want you to do this. I don't know if you're sitting next to somebody, right? And you really want them to pay attention to this one because you're like, it's time for you to grow up. All right, so just go ahead and tuck your elbows in, right? This one is for you. And you just pray that the other person hears it. But this one might be for you. It could be a bumpy ride. The idea is that in Christ, we mature. We become something different than what we were. Imagine just for a moment that, uh, that, that baby Steve, right, he was born to the world, and then my parents, you know, they fed me, and they spoon-fed me, right? And then, and then I showed up here at Wellhouse a few months ago, and uh, it was time to, you know, gather together with some of you at a local restaurant, and my mom shows up, and she brings my high chair, right? And she starts cutting up all my food, and then she starts giving me, like, bite by bite by bite, and she's like, how is it? Right? Here comes the plane. <laughs> and y'all be like, we made a serious mistake. The reason why is because you would begin to see that, whoa, whoa, Steve has not grown up the way that we thought he should, the way that we expect that he might. Because in Christ, we are called to become more like him. And this is hard for some of us. Number one, because maybe we never had an example of what to become like. Uh, we had some things that we didn't want to become like, but never something that we strove for. For some of us, listen, this, is, this could be even harder. For some of us, we have settled for so much less. We've settled for so much less. We got to the point where like, it's kind of good enough. And then we stopped. And what I want to let you know is Christ has called you to so much more, but growing can be hard, can't it? Do you remember the first bill you had to pay on your own? Oh my goodness. I'll never forget our oldest daughter called me a couple years ago. She had just bought her, her very first car and there was this issue, right? And she stalls out and she can't get that car to go, right? So she calls me up and she's not sure what to do. And I meet her there and I push it off of the side of the road. I'm like, are we gonna have to call a tow truck? And that's gonna cost some money. When I take it into the, you know, the shop, that's gonna cost some money. And she's like, how much money? Is it like $10? Like, I'm like, oh, no, sweetheart. Like, this is going to be painful. <laughs> because growing up is difficult. If you have your Bible, go ahead and open up to the book of Hebrews. And Hebrews is really this, this encouragement book in the middle of struggle. And the writer of Hebrews is setting the stage. I'm going to set the stage for the scripture that we're going to read today. Uh, the, the writer of Hebrews, he's talking about Jesus. He's talking about Jesus as high priest, that, that Jesus fills in for us and he's perfect. But he also says that Jesus is, uh, was learning something through the sacrifice. And that's an interesting concept for us because we kind of assume that Jesus you know, is, is, is perfect in every way. And of course he is, but, but that God is learning something. He's teaching something through 
true. Jesus, this is what the writer of Hebrews says, and he's trying to explain all these things about the concept of Jesus and the high priest and learning through this idea of sacrifice. And then in Hebrews chapter 5, starting in verse 11, the writer of Hebrews says this, we have much to say about this, but it's hard to make it clear because you're no longer trying to understand. Well, some versions say this, that you're slow to, we're trying to help you understand, but we can't because you're slow to learn. Know any slow learners? Keep those elbows tucked in. Know anybody who's like, I thought I told you. I thought we talked about this before. Haven't we gone over this a time or two? And why is it still that you're still having a problem grabbing this concept? You've been in a conversation like that before? The writer of Hebrews says, man, there's so much that I want to talk to you about Jesus. Uh, There's so much wrapped up in his life and what we can learn from him. There's so much in this concept of self-sacrificing, of giving it all, and then learning something from that. But I don't know if I can go on. Because it seems like either A, you're slow to learn, or B, you don't even want to understand it anymore. You said, all right, listen, I think I have enough of that and I'm good and I'm just going to walk away from the table and put that part into practice. And the writer here is like, no, 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 no. I haven't even, I really haven't even started yet. But we can't go on because it seems like you don't want to learn. It seems like you're slow to learn. Can I tell you something today? Not, not the person that you wish was here, right? Or not the person sitting beside you, but can I tell you something today? You have an area where you're slow to learn. You have this area in your life where it's like God keeps trying to like, all right, listen, listen, I'm gonna set this up. It's like a bump, set, and he's like, all right, spike it. No, no, it's not. Where'd you go? All right, listen, I'm going to set up these opportunities. You've been talking about you want to grow in patience. You've been talking about you want to grow in love. You've been talking about how you want to reconnect with your family. You've been talking about all these things. And so I'm going to put all of these opportunities in your life. Here you go. And you're like, no, no, no. Uh, I don't think I want to try to understand it anymore. I think I'm going to choose slow to learn. The places where we have kept hitting the wall oftentimes are the places where we are slow to learn. And here's the thing. It's okay to be a slow learner as long as you're still willing to learn. It's okay to be a slow learner as long as you're still willing to learn. For some of us, we have, we have decided we're going to shut off that part of who we are, right? We're, not, we're no longer going to be open to those ideas anymore. And so we've tuned them out. We've turned them off. And we said, no, 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 no more. I don't want to hear any more about relationship stuff. I don't want to hear any more about sacrifice stuff. I don't want to hear any more about what I should do. I can't take it, so I'm going to turn it off. 
And the writer of Hebrews challenges, if we want to become, we have to be willing to still learn. But he's not done yet. He continues on kind of throwing the body blows at us. This is what he says in verse 12. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, underline that, You ought to be teachers. You need someone else to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. God's plan for us is to grow. I want you to say this to yourself. Ready? Here we go. God's plan is for me to grow. Now you try it with me. God's plan is for me to grow. Now look at your neighbor and say, God's plan is for me to grow. You were going to say you, weren't you? (laughs) I knew it. I knew it. God's plan is for me to grow. See, some of you are waiting in relationships for the other person to finally grow up. When in all actuality, it might be you. It might be you. And the writer of Hebrews says all along, you didn't know it was you because you, you stopped trying. You stopped caring. You stopped putting yourself out there. You, you were resistant to it. You were slow to it. The whole time, I've been wanting you to grow. And there's something Listen, there's something that's wrong with our faith when it doesn't want to continue to evolve deeper. Early on in ministry, I remember sitting around in a in a group, and it was let me just preface this, this is not this group, all right? I love I love our shepherds, I love our lead team. I sat around a group of, of church leadership and and, and we bought some books for us all to study together and given it out. And one guy sat there with his arms folded. We handed him a book, you know, and he kept his arms folded. I was like, this is an interesting game. I don't know if he wants me to like put it on the shelf here, or tuck it in his arms. So I'm confused. I just said, uh, here's yours. You know, I thought I didn't have to say that, but you're not holding out your hand. And he said, no bother, I'm not going to read it anyway. Okay, how come? The only thing I read is what Jesus wrote. Well, that's interesting. I don't know anything that Jesus wrote. Now, what he was saying there was, I don't want to learn. I've stopped. I don't don't want you pushing me in a direction that I don't want to go. Would you be honest with yourself today? You don't have to say it out loud. You don't have to admit it. You can keep the blank stare if you want to. Is there a place in your life that you have dug in your heels and said, you know what? You can't make me. I ain't going to do it. You can scream, you can shout, all the rest of the stuff in the world can kind of rattle my cage, but I will not do it.
Maybe. Maybe that's the place where God wants you to grow the most. And maybe you're not resistant to your spouse or maybe you're not resistant to your kids or maybe you're not resistant to just life in general or the things around you. or Maybe it's not that you're resistant to that. Maybe just for a moment could you entertain the idea that you are resistant to God evolving your life. Because God's plan for you is to grow. So the writer of Hebrews continues on and he says this, anyone who lives on milk being still an infant is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. Listen, if you're still willing to say, no, 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 I'm not gonna learn, I'm not gonna learn. He says that you don't even know what it means to be in a right relationship with God. Like, how can you do that? You're pushing him away and saying, no, I'm good on my own. I'm good on my own. Just, just keep spoon feeding me. I'm good. In verse 14, he says, but solid food is for the mature who by, underline this, highlight this, by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. How do you grow and mature in Christ? By constant use. You're training yourself. Wouldn't it be nice I've thought about this for a long time. When I, when I was growing up, my brother was like tall and skinny. He was a lanky guy. And I was always the short, fat kid, all right? Just calling it what it is. <clears throat> and all my life, I struggled with like, I would lose weight. I'd put it back on, lose weight, put it back on. And in my early 20s, I thought, man, wouldn't it be great if like there was a pill that I could take and then it would all. And then there became pills that you could take that I. But you know what? It really work, does it? Some of you wish there was a pill you could take for your future, for your finances, for your relationship, for your kids. It's like, could we? Could could, could I just do this one thing and then it'd be easier? And the writer of Hebrews says, no, 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 that's not the way it works. You know the way it works is by constantly pressing yourself up against the issue and say, all right, I'm, gonna, I'm going to train myself. Man, and it's the hardest thing to train. I used to have people come into my counseling office all the time and they would say, listen, I want to tell you about my spouse and all the things I do. And I would tell them this, listen, you'll never be able, you'll never be able to fix them. You're just never going to fix them. It's going to be all you can take to fix you. It's going to be all you can take to fix you. God wants us to grow deeper, to constantly train ourselves to distinguish good from bad good from evil. He continues on, he says, therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity. And these, by the way, are the things that he's going to say are elementary teachings about Christ. Not the laying of the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death. Well, that seems like something we talk about a lot. And of faith in God, what? Faith in God is an elementary teaching we're supposed to move past? Yes. 
and instruction about cleansing rites or baptism and the laying on of hands and the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. The writer of Hebrews says all those things are elementary teachings we need to move past. What is he trying to point us back towards? What's the mature thing? Remember that thing I said, highlight, underlined. What does he want us to go back to? Come on, shout it out. He wants us to be teachers. He wants us to grow up from being a baby where somebody teaches us, right? At one point in time, somebody taught you how to tie your shoes. At one point in time, somebody taught you, the person who thinks they know it all, right? How to use a fork and a spoon. You didn't know how. You were busting yourself in the eye the whole time. And somebody's like, all right, listen, this is not going to work. This child may not work out. And then finally you got it. Listen, I did the same thing. There comes a time where we go from saying, all right, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me, to let me help you, let me help you, let me help you. God's plan for you is to go from all about you to all about others. God's plan for you, according to Hebrews, is that you would go from all about you to all about others. If you were to gauge your life in the spectrum of things, based on that, where would you be? Where would you be? Sometimes in, in churches, we get this idea that like the pastor or the worship pastor or whoever it is that like, they're the star, right? And they're the, they're the go-to, they're the person who teaches. I don't know anything about teaching. I don't know anything about the Bible. They're the person. And so we're gonna, we're gonna make them the star of the show. But I'm here to tell you that God doesn't want the star. He wants a galaxy. He wants all of these things orbiting around. And I'm here to tell you that I don't want to be the star. Oh, I want to use the gifts that God has given me, but I want you to use yours as well. I want you to teach in the ways in which God has created you to teach. Some of you have amazing treasure chests of, of experiences and, and, and things that have happened to you, and you can teach by them. And listen, some of you, like myself, you have a treasure chest of things that went horribly wrong. And guess what? We can learn from you as well. Some of the people I love to sit with, the most of the people who didn't get it right and didn't get it right and didn't get it right and still found God's grace after all. In fact, that's what the whole Bible's made of. And so there's nothing preventing you from teaching somebody else, whether you got it all right or whether you got it all wrong. God wants you to go about from you to all about others. The other thing that this section of scripture teaches us is that spiritual maturity isn't about knowledge as much as it's about transformation. It's not as much about knowledge as it is transformation. So some of you are thinking, I don't know all there is to know about the Bible. I, I mean, I couldn't tell you where a scripture or a verse is at all. It's just that there's, you know, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what, what all those things are and that's okay. There's time to learn those things and you may not know all those things and guess what? I don't know all those things either. 
But what I do know is how God has continued to transform me from the person that I was. And he's not done. There's still rough edges about me. There are still parts of me that I continue to try to deceive about myself. While knowledge is good, the writer of Hebrew knows that we can't just have a quest for knowledge without ever putting any of it into place in our lives. That a part of spiritual maturity, a part of becoming, is about taking the things that we know and putting them into place and transforming who we were yesterday into who God's calling us to be today. And that's what we want to be about at Wellhouse. It doesn't matter where you are or what family you grow up in. It doesn't matter what you struggled with last night or even on the way here this morning. We want to be a place that reminds us that God wants us to become something different in him. And here's the beautiful thing. This side of heaven, we're never going to get there. You're never going to be fully who God created you to be until you meet him face to face. But he wants you to be as much like him today as humanly possible. Ben, if you could come on up to the, to the stage as we kind of close out our thoughts. And I think about the future of Wellhouse, and next week we're gonna dive into this, and I really do wanna encourage you to bring some folks out. We have some, I'm just gonna tell you just really quickly, we have some really exciting stuff coming up, not only next week, but in the next couple of weeks. We have some ministries, some that you're familiar with and some that maybe you've never heard about at all. They're going to be coming and sharing kind of an interview style about how they got started in the ministry and, and what it means to be a neighbor to their community. It's going to be exciting. But next week, we're kind of talking about, all right, what's this next step for Wellhouse? What does it look like? We've talked about this idea of family, of, of belong and bless and become, but but what do we do with that now? And what does that look like? And what does it mean to be a place for good? So we encourage you to come out, bring people with you. It's gonna be a really great time. But as we end our thoughts today on becoming, I, I want you to wrestle with some stuff. What does it mean for Wellhouse to set an example and a place to become the best place for children? What does it mean to, to become the best place for healing? You know some folks who need some healing in their life physically, emotionally, spiritually. What does it mean for Wellhouse to be the, the best place for acceptance? What, is it, what does that look like? What about the best place for accountability or the best place to work or the best place to be honest See, God wants us to become. We have not hit the pinnacle yet, and we never will. But God continues to help us grow. And the question is, will you become that with us? Would you pray with me? Holy God, the God who created the universe, who spoke things into existence, and the God who loves us in the midst of our trials. 
we confess to you today that some of us, we are slow to learn. In fact, some of us have just shut it off all completely. We just don't want to understand anymore. But help us, would you please give us your Holy Spirit who will help us learn to go from people who are spoon-fed some things in our life to people who are willing to now feed others, to invest in others, to encourage others, to support others, to walk alongside of others. Whether we pull from the chest of things we have, have done well or we pull from the chest of things where we have fallen on our face, God, would you help us surrender ourselves and understand that it's not about us anyway. It's who you're creating us to be in you. So God, we lift all of this up to you. We thank you so much for your son, Jesus Christ. And we strive to be more like him. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.